0: Take your Bibles tonight. Turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. Matthew, chapter 13. I want to talk to you tonight. Uh, I guess the title of my message is the subject of the message is some of the hardest words to hear. You know, there are some things that it's not fun hearing, there's some things you don't want to hear. Uh well, I guess uh you know nobody wants to hear something like you know, when you go to the doctor, nobody wants to hear hey, you have cancer. That's not something you want to hear. Uh I remember when I, I the biggest thing that's ever happened to me, I guess, medically, I had to have my appendix taken out. So uh, I'd like to feel sorry for myself, but um uh, there's a lot of worse stuff that could h ha- <laughs> a lot of worse stuff that could happen. And I remember I'll never forget when they told me I was gonna have to have my appendix out, just this. That's not what I want to hear. You know, I that's not fun. That I don't want to have a surgery. I don't want to have to spend the night in a hospital. I don't want to have to do these things, but yet it was what I needed to hear because my appendix were bad. And you know what? There are some things as Christians that we're supposed to tell other people and but they don't want it's not something that they want to hear. And that doesn't take away our responsibility. But I hope that what this message will do is maybe help you kind of understand uh, where they're coming from and why it's hard on them. You know, it's real easy sometimes just because we have the truth to just want to go preach it in everybody's face and expect them to just listen to it because we told them. But at the same time, I think we need to maybe take a step back and kind of maybe remember or put ourselves in their shoes. And I think it can really help us. But Matthew chapter 13, and verse 15, it says, "...for this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted..." And I should heal them. Notice what Jesus said there. He said their heart is waxed gross. Now, when we talk about the word gross, it means something that's like gross. All right that that's not exactly what that means. But they, their heart it got to where um, I think what uh, the definition I should have wrote it down. But one of the things uh, that it means basically is their heart has got to where nothing can really get through to them anymore. Uh, it says their ears are dull of hearing. It's like it's like they're wore out. And they're stubborn. Their Their eyes are closed. And the reason for that is because it says, "Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted. There are some things that people don't want to hear. That they don't want to know. There's things that they don't want to see. And I think it's important to understand that. I mean, you would think... You know, why would somebody not want to know the truth? Well, because then they would be converted. A conversion means a change. They don't want to change. They like their sin. And they, for so long, they've just plugged their ears to it that they literally, there's people that they can sit in church week after week, and the pastor can get up there and just preach his heart out and give them scripture. And be preaching something that maybe is right at them, and it just seems to be completely ineffective in their lives. Because their heart, it's wax gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. And there's things that they just don't want to hear because they don't want to be converted. And there are some things that God has told us as Christians that we're supposed to tell people, that we're supposed to warn people about. And some of these things, you know, have you ever had to give somebody bad news? Maybe you had to be the one to go tell somebody something that they didn't want to hear. I can't imagine being a doctor and I have to be the one to go maybe tell all the family after surgery that, hey, your loved one didn't make it. That'd be tough. I'm at one job that I do not envy or I would not want to have is the people in the military, when they have to go and tell the family that, hey, your son or your daughter died in combat... I can't imagine having that job. I would not want to do that. That would be that'd be one of the worst jobs in the world. Somebody's got to do it though. But it wouldn't be enjoyable. It wouldn't be fun. And some of the things that we're supposed to do as Christians, the things that we're supposed to tell people, are things that, boy, it's real easy to say, you know, I'd rather not have that job. I don't really want that. But the truth is it is our job. And it needs to be done. It's not it's not kindness. To lie to people. People need to know. I mean, if you had a son or daughter that was fighting overseas and they died, or if they had been captured and were prisoners of war, you would want somebody to tell you, even though that's not what you want to hear. And the truth is uh, we've got to make sure that we do these things. And one of the things, and I, I want you all to think about maybe times in your life, and, and maybe not a spiritual way, but in a literal, literal way where maybe you've been told some of these things. And I want you to think about what maybe went through your mind, how you reacted to it. And one of those that is just some of the, one of the hardest words to hear is you went the wrong way. You went the wrong way. I remember when I was at Lighthouse, we got a phone call one time and there was a man that was passing through the area and he wanted to stop by and visit our church. And he was asking for directions. And I told him, yeah, if you're on Interstate uh, 80, he was, he was heading east on Interstate 80. And he was about in the Princeton area and I told him, I said, yeah, just uh, get off exit 75, route 251, head just a couple miles north and you'll see the church on the right-hand side. Can't miss it. And He's like, all right. Well, we're looking forward to being there. It's about five fifty-five. You know, quite a bit of time's passed, and he—he's not there yet. And the phone rings, and I go and I answer the phone, and he said, and he said, hey, um, I got off that exo. I've been—I've been driving for about ten or fifteen minutes, and I never saw the church. And I and I told him, I said, said, I said, if you've been driving for ten or fifteen minutes. I said you must have passed it up a while back, and and I said he's like I never I never saw any church in this road, and I told him I said what exit did you get off? And he said I don't remember exactly, but uh, I I remember I said I I told him you drive by a Walmart, and he's like I never drove by a Walmart, but I drove by a Farm and Fleet, and I said was that exit ninety that you got off on? He's like yeah, I said yeah you're in Ottawa. And I said, "Yeah, you went about 15 miles past the exit, and he'd been driving about 10 minutes north. And I mean, he was he was way off. Church was about to start in five minutes. He had a good 25 minutes of backtracking, and he's just like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> and I understood he, he was he was too late, and he he wanted it. He wanted to go to church there, but." He'd gone the wrong way. He was, he was too far out of the way to be able to possibly make it on time. And sometimes we need to tell people that spiritually, that I'm sorry, but you went the wrong way. That may mean a missed opportunity. You know, it's, it's sad when you somebody maybe they've lived a life in sin and they've, just, they've made a lot of mistakes and you have to tell them, I'm sorry, but you, you've gone the wrong way. Maybe they've devoted their life to a certain religion, they've devoted their life to good works thinking that was going to get them to heaven, and when you tell them, I'm sorry, that was the wrong way. Maybe they raised, they've, their, their kids have already been raised, and they're teenagers, and they're out of control, and they're rebellious, and, and you know, you try to talk to them, you try to give them some guidance, but they just, they totally did everything wrong. They listened to what the world said when it came to discipline and how to parent. They listen to that whole thing, oh, you gotta be a friend to them. Okay, that's bad advice. You need to be a parent to them. Now, I'm not gonna get on the subject of raising kids, but I'm telling you, the world has got it all wrong. You know, if your kid's hyper and, you know, got a lot of energy, you know, you need to drug them up, (laughs) that'll get them to behave. It's like, you know, and people, they're doing all those things and then for years they do everything wrong and then their kid's 15, 16, 17 years old and they're out of the control and they, it's like, you have to tell them, man, you went the wrong way. And sometimes it's too late to fix everything they've done because they're so far out of the way. You know, it may mean uh, they're, they're too late for God's perfect will for their life. Maybe, I mean, uh, they've gone, you know, one of the things that's, said, you know, a lot of people when they get saved, sometimes it's in prison. And boy, you know, you want to tell them, boy, you know, you can have a great life. You know, you can get married. You can have kids. And you can do all these things. But sometimes, maybe that guy, he's got 20 more years left. Say, so sorry, bud, you you went the wrong way. There's not a whole lot of hope. You hate to tell somebody that, but there's they've gone so far the wrong way, but... We've got to tell the truth. And it's not easy. And the destination that everybody wants is happiness, peace. You know, Everybody wants a good family, but sometimes they've gone the wrong way for so long that there's really no chance them coming back. I remember I talked to a guy one time and he was desperate. He was at the end of his rope and we were out knocking doors and he's like, I don't know what we're going to do. He said, I don't have a job. He said, I can't get a job. I've got... I've got too much on my record. He's, he'd had, he has a drug problem. He's got, he's got so much baggage. Nobody will hire him. He had no place to go. He was spending, gonna be spending the night at those people's house and they said he had to be out the next day. And none of the other, the places in town that kind of help people like that would take him. He kind of wore out all of his chances. He'd just done everything wrong. And then it's kind of like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm thinking, I have no idea. Buddy, you went the wrong way. You should have talked to me ten years ago. You know, you should have said no to the drugs. You know that would have that would have helped. You should have not committed all those crimes. You should have, you know, there's you should have stayed in school. You should have done all these things. But now they've gone the wrong way for so long that they're so far out of the way, they're so lost that it's maybe going to take years before they can get their life back on track. And yet, it's horrible to have to tell somebody that, but sometimes we do. Sometimes you may have to tell people that all your work was for nothing. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 3 says, "...For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourselves for naught, or for nothing, and ye shall be redeemed without money." He said, you've sold yourselves for nothing. They went in Israel they were always getting themselves in trouble. They were selling themselves short all the time, you know, going and following other gods and just getting themselves in trouble one time after another. Thinking, you know, what we're going to go after these other gods. We're basically we're going to sell ourselves and we're going to get something out of it. And every time they got absolutely nothing. God said, "You've sold yourselves for nothing. You've gone the wrong way." For nothing. You know, people think when they get out of the will of God that they're gonna get something for it. That I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a good time. Or I'm gonna have, you know, they believe the will of God because they think it will lead them to more money. Or it's gonna lead them to something wonderful. And you know what, they get out of the will of God, they go the wrong way, and later they find out they got absolutely nothing. In fact, they find out they lost everything. And when you tell somebody that all your work was for nothing, it's not an easy thing to hear. You think about back a few years ago when the stock market crashed and we had the big, all these financial problems that came up and all the people who lost their retirement during the financial collapse. Many of those people, they could not bear the reality that the company that they had worked for and had been investing money in for years, that all that money had been wasted. They could not stand that. They had gone without many of the things that they could have had They, some of them maybe didn't take vacations or maybe they drove cheaper cars or lived in a smaller house so they could save for their future so they could someday retire. And then they found out that that all that money they put in there had been wasted and that it was that they had nothing. And they, I mean, they had dreams, they had plans, they trusted their leaders and they were let down and some of those people couldn't handle it. Many people committed suicide after those things. For years, they had invested all this money into these things, and it was all for nothing. That's a horrible thing to hear. All your work was for nothing. I think about that. I think that's going to be what a lot of people are going to hear someday when they stand before God on Judgment Day. And they find out, you know, all that religious work you did was for nothing. They never read that verse in Ephesians chapter 2 where it said, For by grace. Are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. All their life they've been working to be good enough to go to heaven. All their life they've been working to, you know, so they could earn heaven, and so they could have that place there. And they, and someday they're going to stand before God and find out that that work was for nothing that Jesus Christ had already done all the work for them on the cross, but they had rejected that free gift. They wanted to earn it themselves. And it's impossible. It can't be done. 1 Corinthians 3.12 says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. You know, there's going to come a day where we're going to stand before God and our works are all going to be tested in the fire. And you know what? There's going to be many of the things that we've done that are going to burn away. That we're all for nothing. The thing, and most of, Really, probably most of the works. The only things that are going to last are the things that were done for Christ. And there's many people. Their whole life, they've been working to have that big house or those fancy cars, or to have all these possessions. And they're going to find out some, and they rejected the will of God. They rejected the things of God, and they're going to find out someday that it was all for nothing. And that's how they're going to look at it then. Right now, there's no way they give up those possessions they have. But when they stand before God, they're going to realize that those that that was nothing. I sold myself for nothing. Romans 10, 1 says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. That's why I tell people, and I can tell people I know I'm going to heaven. Because I'm not depending on my righteousness, because my righteousness... Is nothing. It's like a filthy rag. But His righteousness is what I'm trusting in. But you know what? Some people, their whole life, it's been about their own righteousness. You know what? You try telling somebody that all their prayers were for nothing, that all those prayers that they repeated every night before they went to bed. Now I lay me down to sleeps. There are Hail Marys. There are Our Fathers. There are little prayers that they chanted back and forth for years in church. I mean, they had the prayer books memorized. They said those prayers weekly or daily even. And you tell them those prayers were for nothing? I'm not going to receive it well. You tell them all those times they went into those confessional booths and they confessed their sins to another man that that was for Nothing. You know, it's not an easy thing to take. You tell some, you try telling somebody sometime, I've done this before, and it usually gets ugly. You try telling somebody that speaking in tongues that they did was for nothing, it didn't get them any closer to God, it had nothing to do with God. It's not an easy thing to hear, it's not what they want to hear. Try telling somebody that they're giving was for nothing. Maybe they gave that money every week in the offering thinking this was going to get me into heaven. It's like, no. That's not going to get you any closer to heaven. Their, their church membership was for nothing. They thought because they were a member of a church that they're going to heaven because of that. And, so, and you tell them, that no, that has nothing to do with salvation. It's not an easy thing to hear. That all your work was for nothing. The third thing that's very difficult to hear I've heard this one a few times, but you did it wrong. James five twenty says, "Let him let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins." I love that verse. What that's saying when you lead somebody to Christ, when you give them the gospel and they get saved, you. You change them. They're going a different direction now. Before we got saved, we were all there. We were all heading the wrong way. And if it weren't for salvation, we would have spent our entire life going the wrong way. But when you lead somebody to Christ and they repent, and now they're going the other way, now, that rest of their life, they're doing right when before they would have been doing wrong. So, in other words, you're saving them from a multitude of sins, from a multitude, a multitude of mistakes. I mean, you're protecting them from so much. But when you tell somebody you did it wrong, it's hard to receive that desk that you see sitting there in my office. That I had that in my in my old office. I remember when I bought that thing, I was putting it together, and I remember there was a piece that was bad, and I was going to have to reorder. And so I thought, well, you know, I could still go and do a lot of these other steps and then when I get that piece, put that together. And I remember I went and I spent hours working on that desk. Turned out, no, you can't do that. If you skip that step, it's not going to work. And I had to go back and undo hours of work. I mean, you talk about frustrating. I remember when I I used to finish cabinets. I remember we were doing, working on this big conference room table, real fancy conference room table. And we spent hours on that thing, me and another guy. We worked hard on that. We're looking at it and we think it looks beautiful, but turns out we had put the wrong kind of finish on it. And I remember when he came in there and told us, yeah, that's not right. You're going to have to sand that down and do it all over again. You know, That's the last thing you want to hear is that all the work you've done all day was wrong. And not only do you have to do it again, but you're going to have to do more work to fix the mistake before you can start all over from the beginning. Oh man, I remember, boy, we were mad. (laughs) That was not what we wanted to hear. We were mad at Him for telling us. But it had to be done. I remember when when I taught in school, Sometimes the, some of the kids they'd be working maybe do, a lot of times it's on their math, and boy, maybe they were doing something that was hard, and they'd been spending hours working on all these problems, and then you go and you kind of look at their work, and it's like, "Wait a minute, stop. You've been doing this wrong." Ed. And you go and look, and it turns out for maybe three or four pages, they've been doing it all wrong. Tommy's smiling, he knows that's been him before. And what usually would happen when I would tell you or other kids that you got to go back and erase all that whatever usually resulted in tears every time <laughs> you just see the frustration and they just start bawling oh I've been working on this for hours it's not something that you want to hear that you did it wrong but the thing is even though I upset them even though I made them cry had I not said anything, they would have done even more of it wrong. And would have had even more to fix later. It's not and you know what? There's people that uh maybe when it comes to religion, they're doing it wrong. They're in the wrong place. They've been taught the wrong things. They've been reading the wrong Bible. They've been they've done it wrong. And it's not an easy thing to hear. But God's souls, we need it. we need to tell people. We need to try to help convert sinners. And then the fourth one that's tough for people to hear is you've been lied to. That's a tough one. First 1 Kings 13.18 I'm not going to go through the whole story, but there was a young prophet that God had sent. God told him, "said I want you to go into this king and I want you to give him my message and then I want you to leave. On your way in there, I don't want you to stop. I don't want you to eat anything. I want you to leave the same way you came and that whole time, I don't want you to stop. I don't want you to eat anything. And while he was on his way back, another prophet met him. Another prophet. Another man of God. One that God had used. And it says in 1 Kings 13, verse 18, He said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art. Which was true. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. He got lied to by a prophet. Then that, uh, that other, that young man of God said, you know, God told him, don't eat any bread, don't drink any water, go in, come out. And then another prophet comes, a man of God, a preacher, and says an angel told him to come to his house. And this guy too, at the same time, he was probably hungry. He's thinking, man, I sure would like something to eat. I sure would like something to drink. This is a prophet. An angel told him, you know what? I'm going to go. And he went to that man's house. And you know what happened? After he ate that bread and drank that water, that old prophet that lied to him starts prophesying to him again telling him that you're going to die because you've sinned against God. And that prophet leaves and was killed by a lion. That lion killed him. Didn't eat him. He just killed him. And the lion stood there and sat there next to the dead body of that prophet and next to the donkey that he was riding on. And it was kind of a warning that God gave to everybody that don't go against what I told you to do. But that prophet lied to him. And the truth is that there are Men, have, I guess there are preachers out there who are lying to people. They may be sincere, but if they're, what they're telling is not the truth, then it's a lie. And people have listened to them. They've followed them. There, there are cult leaders out there that have got their people to do some crazy things. They've gone to drink that Kool-Aid and kill themselves. You know, those people ended up in hell. You know why? Because they were lied to. They've devoted their lives to false religions and they've gotten involved in cults and sometimes they've given all their money and given their lives to it, but they've been lied to. But the Bible says in Romans 3 4, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. You know what God's saying is not that He wants us to go around and tell you're a liar, you're a liar, you're a liar. But what it ought ought to come down to is this. This is the standard of truth. This book is what we go by. This is God's Word. And as far as I'm concerned, anybody who says anything contrary to this Bible is a liar. Anybody who just reaffirms what the Bible already says is telling the truth. That's the way we should treat it. If I'm up here telling you something that is against the Word of God, you ought to... Treat me as though I were a known habitual liar. Let God be true, and every man a liar. John 8.44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar, and the father of it. Let me tell you, Satan, he is a liar. He's a father of lies, and he's got a lot of people that are t- spreading his lies all the time. John or one twenty two two twenty first John two twenty two says, "Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Anybody who says that Jesus is not the Christ is a liar. Any anyone they are a liar. And some of these people, boy, they're lovable people." Boy, you listen to some of these TV evangelists. Oh boy, aren't they sweet? Aren't they nice? Boy, they can they smile and just make you feel good. But boy, they're lying. Some, most of these TV preachers, it's very rare you see them crack open the Bible and give any Scriptures. I mean, if you're lucky, you might get one or two verses from a perversion of the Bible. If you're lucky. You know why? They're lying. And you know what? Satan, he's not stupid. Okay? I know that there's Satanists and things out there, but you know what? Those people aren't deceiving very many people. If I'm Satan and I want to deceive people, I'm going to have people that they're going to call themselves pastors, that are going to be having places that call that they call churches. And I'm going to have them say use books that they call Bibles. And I'm going to have them say all kinds of nice, sweet things that sound good. And people, boy, they follow it and to give their lives to give their money Robert Tilton anybody know who Robert Tilton is? boy that guy he's an expert at getting people to give them their money that guy boy he, he lies <laughs> he lies so bad and he even uses the Bible to lie you think how can he use the Bible to lie? Satan did it Satan when he was lying to Jesus he would quote scripture but he would twist it and boy these guys do that you Think, how, can they, how are they so good at that? Their father of the devil. Their father the devil? And people they give all that money, and boy, when you and for you to tell them, yeah, you know that television evangelist you gave those thousands of dollars to? He lied to you. That's hard to accept. They don't want to hear that. It's not fun to tell people that. So really the conclusion is so what can we do? How can we ease the pain? Of these words. You know, how can we make it easier? How can we ease the pain of telling people you went the wrong way, all your work was for nothing, you did it wrong, you've been lied to, how can we make it better? Okay, we're not trying to hurt people, we don't we're not trying to make people miserable, but really what can we do? The truth is we can't really take the pain away. But we can, with humility and compassion, tell them as soon as possible. Because you know, the longer you wait, the more it's going to hurt. The farther out of the way you go, the harder it's going to be to get back. The more work you do that's for the wrong things, the more difficult it's going to be to let go of that. The longer you do something wrong, the harder it's going to be to start doing something right. It's you know, it's to me, it's easier you know teaching people. Who really don't know anything about the Bible, than people who've been taught all kinds of false things about the Bible. Because you've got all that stuff you've got to unteach them. And it it's difficult. But uh, somebody who's been lied to, you know what? Just tell them as soon as possible before they've been lied to more. That's that's what we've got to do. We've got to get the message out there as quick as possible. We got to tell people now. We don't want to. We don't want to wait too long. You don't want to put things off. And you know what? They may not listen. We can't. We can't make people listen. You, you just. You can't do it. But we do have a responsibility to tell them. We're as watchmen. We have a responsibility to blow the trumpet, to give the warning, and just and we do it. And we do it in a prayer flat. We do it in humility, not bragging. We don't act like these like man. Are you just stupid? Are you that dumb that you went the wrong way? Oh, they're not stupid. It's not that they're dumb. We got a tricky devil out there. He's tricky. He's slick. He knows what he's doing. And we've got we've got to try to warn people. We've got to have compassion for them. We've got to we we, ought, we got to want to help them, and we we need to tell them the truth. It's people they're be, they're being lied to all the time. I remember one time I was in the Joliet area. We were trying to find a church, and we got lost, and we're kind of desperate. I remember we rolled down the window. There we're sitting at a stoplight, and the guy at his window down like, "Hey, do you know how to get to such and such a place?" And he's like, "Yeah, you just need to." Turn left up there, you know, you need to go this way and all that. And he he kinda had this funny look on his face when he told me that. And we went that way. And we kept going and kept going. And I was like, I don't I think he I think he told us the wrong way on purpose. And we went, and sure enough, we stopped at a gas station, we asked somebody, and yeah, that guy flat out lied to us and told us the opposite way to go, and he thought it was he thought it was funny. He thought it was hilarious. Yeah, there's some cruel people out there like that, though. And I, I, but it's not what you want to hear. We there was. I remember one time at Lighthouse. I felt so sorry for there, this old lady, very old lady. stopped by, and it's it's late, it's dark, and she stops by the church, and she's like, "I'm trying to get to Bloomington. Am I anywhere near Bloomington?" And we're like, uh, "Yeah, you're about an hour away." She's like, what? <laughs> she thought she was almost there. She had completely gone the wrong way. She was so confused. She, I mean, I, I I'd never seen anybody so confused. And it just, it, she just like didn't want to accept that. She's like, no, I, I, I've got to almost be there. I'm like, no, you're, you're a good hour away. And it, it was hard for her to hear. I hated telling her that, but it was the truth. If I wanted to be mean, I could have said, you know, just keep going north. (laughs) 20 minutes. And then she's even farther out of the way. Even more confused, more lost. And she would have rather heard that. She would have probably smiled and like, oh, thank you if I would have told her that. But would I have been doing her a service? Absolutely not. That would have been cruel. And some of the things that we have to tell people, it's not what they want to hear. It's not. It doesn't make you feel good telling them that. But it's the truth. It's what they need to hear. And that's what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to tell the truth. And it's not always easy. There are some things, boy, you know, that it's exciting we can tell people. You know, it's exciting when you see somebody, when they come and they they got a repentant heart and they're wanting to get saved and they maybe, you know, when somebody comes and they ask, you know, can the Lord forgive me for some of the things I've done? Oh, you know what? I like that. Let me show you some scriptures about that. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to them. I like those kind of questions. But sometimes there's things we have to tell people that's really tough. And we've got it we've got to do it. We've got to do it. As soon as possible. But the longer we wait, the harder it's going to be. And so, let's all stand together tonight. The Lord spoke to your heart. We'll give you the opportunity to come.